there's a battle going on today for the heart and soul of America, and the right side must win. It's time for America Can We Talk with Debbie George Addis. On America Can We Talk, we talk truth about America and why it matters to you. America Can We Talk starts now. And good evening and welcome. I'm so glad you've tuned in to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. My first five tonight, I want to talk about something that probably all of you are watching uh, in the last few days. uh, And that was the testimony in Washington, in Congress, uh, by Peter Stroke, who is the... uh, now completely discredited uh, man who works for the FBI. He was um, he was testifying about this whole entire, and I I've, I've lost a way to capture what this whole issue is uh, in order to talk about it. But I want to. That's part of the problem, and part of what I want to talk with you about tonight. What really happened in Washington was that Peter Stroke testifying in front of the House Intelligence Committee with. Many, many, many questions that are they're being asked of him and other people in the FBI and the Department of Justice, you know, and a basic question, a basic core question that has now become one of the key issues is what specifically prompted the FBI to begin an investigation of an opposition party's presidential candidate in 2016? The previous lies told by the FBI and the Department of Justice have been proven to be that, lies. The heart of the question, and there are many other questions, I'm going to get into a lot of them, but we are at a place that Andy McCarthy calls two sides playing chicken, or I would call a stalemate. I first want to hit on the question about you know, what started this whole investigation. There was the Russian dossier, which, you know, was a... A, a Clinton, Hillary Clinton opposition um, hit job done uh, in connection with uh, Perkins Coie, the law firm, Fusion GPS, Christopher Steele. But one question tried to get at that uh, in this hearing, and this was by, this is clip three for Greg in a second here, and this is Representative DeSantis trying to ask this most astonishingly smug witness a question about the dossier. This is clip three. When did you learn the dossier was funded by Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party? Um, I cannot, I don't think that's an accurate representation in the department or the FBI has directed me not to answer that question based on, on well, right. So Hillary DNC sent to Perkins Coie, who sent to fusion, who paid, you know, I mean, come on, Again, the ultimate, I, I it was not, a political document. Correct? I, I the, the latter's close. I, I'm not, I cannot comment. I, the FBI has directed me to not answer that question. Would it be fair to the say that the dossier what would you choose? Is it, a, is it a political document, opposition research, or is it legitimate intelligence? Sir, I, I would very much like to answer that question. Okay. I've well, been directed by the FBI that I may not get into that based on operational requirements or equities. Okay, let me explain where we are in this, because people, this matters so much. This matters to whether we insist on a resolution of what happened inside the FBI, the Department of Justice in 2016 and onward and until today, or whether the Democrat obstruction, which you are seeing in front of you, you're watching your television screen, you're hearing in that clip, with the Democratic, uh, Democratic Party obstruction carry the day. And we all just say, fine, we give up. We'll never know. Let's just move on, which is how the Democrats always think they can solve every issue. Let me back up and explain a little bit why I say that. In Congress, they are trying to get, they've been investigating. Let me back up from that. 
Yeah, in Congress, they are trying to investigate what got the 2016 investigation, This uh, the whole Russian dossier, getting FISA warrants, spying on the Trump team, what got that going? With the Democrats, so then... The Mueller, Robert Mueller, was was appointed as a special prosecutor to look into the question whether or not there was Trump-Russia collusion in the 2016 election. The the allegation that the Russians hacked into the DNC server, that they were taking the side of they were they were trying to hurt Hillary Clinton, taking the side of Donald Trump. The whole explanation Hillary came up with for why she lost the campaign. So the Mueller team is supposed to be looking at the Trump. Russia collusion evidence of which there is zero zip nada. What Congress is trying to ask is why did this investigation get started? Who, where'd you get information? And for the last year and a half, as Congress asks questions, the FBI, the Department of Justice, obfuscate, refuse to answer, hide documents, send over redacted documents that nobody can read. Nobody can, you can't determine what's really in it. And what you heard this whole Strzok testimony, Peter Strzok's testimony in Congress last week, that is Democrat obstruction on display, on steroids, and it's a message to the Republican Party, to President Trump, you are never going to get to the bottom of this. We are going to protect our buddies over there in the FBI, Department of Justice. You're never going to get answers. That is the message the Democrats are trying to send. On the Republican side, two problems we have. One is President Trump is actually the head of the executive department, the executive branch of government. He is the head of, eventually, the head of the FBI and Department of Justice. He could order the FBI, Department of Justice, turn over every document unredacted, answer every single question. He's a little paralyzed because he's been threatened with obstruction charges already. He's been accused of obstruction by firing Comey. And then the House, the House and Senate, the Congress, their right to demand documents and uh, and make witnesses answer questions only has power if they are willing to subpoena and then willing to impeach. And this is where they are. Are they willing to use that power? More after the break. The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind, is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldiers deployed overseas, often in harm's way. 
The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. Do you dream of a better world? One where poverty and hunger are a thing of the past? What if you could make a real difference in the lives of those most in need? The solution to poverty is not handouts, but hope. The freedom and opportunity to use one's talents and resources for good. At Five Talents, we empower the poor to start their own small businesses. Five Talents works in some of the most difficult places in the world. With $85, you can help a new entrepreneur escape from poverty and build a sustainable business that helps her whole family. Can you think of anywhere else your gift can work that effectively? When you walk with Five Talents, you bring opportunity to those most in need. Join us in demonstrating the greatness of American generosity. Visit 5talents.org today to learn about the impact you can make. That's 5talents.org. F-I-V-E talents.org. American Can We Talk? I really want to focus on this uh, Peter Strzok testimony. One more uh, segment right now, because what we're going to watch between now, July of 2018, and the midterms is how dedicated the Democrat Party is to insist that no one will ever get to the bottom of what happened inside the Department of Justice and the FBI. No one will be allowed to know the obstruction you saw. And if you watch that hearing or listen to it, you realize questions were asked by Republicans and you had uh, point of order interruptions by Democrats and hysteria, just histrionics and Peter Strzok, who, you know, was an odious human being as you read his text messages with his you know, lover, his girlfriend, even though both were married, they, he was he was obnoxious and, and condescending in the thousands of, of text messages back and forth. And he was even more offensive in person. But in part, the fact that he was offensive is a little distracting from what really should be the point of, of, of what we're thinking about. 
he was very obnoxious. He had been he had been told by the FBI, basically, I can't answer that, can't answer that, can't answer that. I go back to what I wanted. I started at say at the end of the last segment. President Trump has the a right, the constitutional right, to order the FBI and Department of Justice produce all documents, no redactions, answer all questions, no exceptions. He can do that. He has been pummeled by the media, the Democrat media mob, since the time before he won, before he even was sworn in, about his attitude, his uh, alleged connections with the Russians. And so now the Democrats are using anything Trump attempts to do to say, see, it's further obstruction. He's already been accused of, of, of engaging potentially in obstruction by firing FBI Director Comey, which is his constitutional right to do. It says he's Comey's boss. Of course he can fire him. But this looming threat of being charged with obstruction or having all the ignorant masses worked into a lather by the Democrat media mob, if he were to take action and order things like, I want to get to the bottom of this investigation by Congress. So you have to answer. And again, there's the Mueller investigation, whether Trump colluded with the Russians. Then there is the investigation by the House and Senate into what was happening inside the FBI when they realized Trump was going to be the nominee, he was going to get it. They shut down the investigation of Hillary Clinton's email scandal, which was an easily chargeable federal crime, shut it down, vindicated her, said no problem here, doesn't matter what she did, and and then ramped up at the same time, almost continuously ramped up into investigating this allegation, which was created by Hillary Clinton and her c- campaign's work with Fusion GPS and with the, um, the c- concocting the Trump dossier out of thin air. So this was part of, once we have the timetable down, which we now have, it shows that this investigation started in the FBI before they had the Trump dossier. Again, what started the investigation? And that's what you heard in the clip last segment. Uh, you heard essentially the, dem- the uh, FBI is taking the position, we're not telling. We don't have to tell you, and we're not going to tell you. In fact, every question that anyone asked him, stroke, about what, you know, when did you communicate? When did you know about Fusion GPS? When did you know about the dossier? Sorry, can't answer, can't answer, can't answer. One little tidbit did come out, a new piece of information, and this was extracted by Jim Jordan, the Republican congressman and founder of the Freedom Caucus, or one of the founders, who in his questioning did extract one new fact out of the astonishingly, adamantly uncooperative FBI Department of Justice and Peter Strzok, and this is captured for you in clip four. Greg, if we have clip four. You did not personally receive documents from Mr. Orr, but the FBI did. Is that correct? That's correct. correct. And you also said the FBI got documents from a different source in mid-September. Different Uh, source than whom? A different source from Mr. Orr. It was not Mr. Orr who provided the initial documents that I became aware of in mid-September. So Mr. Orr did not hand you the dossier? That's... Mr. Orr didn't hand me anything. Mr. Orr provided information to the FBI that included material that is what everybody's calling the dossier. Reporting from Mr. Steele. Say that again. Say that sentence again. Mr. Orr provided what? He provided some elements of reporting that, my understanding, is originated from Mr. Steele. So Bruce Orr did give the FBI information relative to the dossier? Yes. The top DOJ official, Bruce Orr, actually hands parts of the dossier to the FBI. And remember, Bruce Orr's wife, Nellie, 
worked for Fusion GPS, who was paid by the Clinton campaign to put this entire dossier together. This is the first time, to my knowledge, that the FBI has admitted they got parts of the dossier from Bruce Orr, a fellow DOJ employee. That's scary. Okay, so that was, uh, that was again, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan questioning Peter Stroke in Congress. And I'm very aware, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, my head is spinning, I can't keep track of all these people and the allegations and the timelines and the wrongdoing. Again, stepping back, the big issue for America, the big issue that the Republicans have got to find the courage to push and get the answer to is inside the FBI. During the 2016 election cycle, when everyone on the planet thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win the presidential election, but Donald Trump was bearing down on her and doing well and creating crowds, what prompted the FBI to start getting, to to go after a FISA warrant, to start spying on Trump's people, or as Trump put it, eavesdropping, which they were doing, they they were eavesdropping on his people, collecting information about the Trump campaign, spying on them, and then the whole ongoing investigation after that, all of it being premised on a dossier that the Democrats do not want to admit was simply Hillary Clinton smear campaign, you know, campaign smear research that she paid for. Well, that's all now come out. So Peter Strzok is up on the Hill this week answering questions from the House Intelligence Committee most of which after, I, th- I can't remember if it was eight or 12 hours, it was hours and hours and hours up there, basically said nothing, basically admitted nothing and answered nothing. So a few takeaways from this, what you're watching is exactly what Department of Justice obstruction looks like. This is what obstruction is when they won't answer questions and won't produce documents. The Democrat Party has proven to you, Democrat Party has proven to America, that they will run interference. They are not interested in the truth. They are not interested in figuring out whether or not what happened inside the FBI. They are interested in protecting Hillary Clinton. Everyone knows Barack Obama was behind it. The entire Democrat power structure at the head of the FBI Department of Justice, the elected Democrats are saying, we're going to run interference. Don't worry. They're never going to get answers from you. Also, Department of Justice clearly hiding its relationship with the smear group, the Fusion GPS, uh, and then connected to Perkins Coie, connected to the Russian dossier. They are simply going to, they are just not going to tell that information. They're also, after all of this, there still was no answer to the question of what started this investigation. And Jim Jordan, the clip you just heard, used the word scary. He said it's scary to think they're taking information from Bruce Orr, whose wife, Nellie Orr, works for Fusion GPS. And, you know, there's just a um, this scary word. I think people are mocking a little bit. But I want to just say why this is scary. This is out of Jim Jordan, an interview he had with, um, uh, I think, Sean Hannity. Anyway, FBI, it's scary because this, the FBI agents changed the rules to avoid indicting Hillary Clinton, those same people likely use flawed and biased opposition research from her political campaign to launch a counterintelligence investigation against her opponent during a presidential election year. Scary because members of the Trump campaign were surveilled by the federal government, which acquired FISA warrants based on flawed and biased information. This was just a, my word, an attempted coup to get 
Trump either to not win the election or once he's won to get him out ongoing within the Department of Justice and the FBI to this day. So I want to hit two other points on this story. We could talk about this for two hours, but I, I keep wound up about it because I just I, you know, I and I, by the way, I could have played clip after clip of entertaining things that were said, you know, lots of good points made by Republican congressmen. But really, it almost makes a mockery, makes it a, makes light of how serious this is. This is. The Department of Justice saying we don't have to follow the rule of law because we're above it. So what happened on Friday, you also probably saw the Department of Justice, Rod Rosenstein, made the announcement in connection with Mueller's investigation that they had now have gotten 12 new indictments against Russian officials for hacking the DNC server. So these are Russian Russian people who can never be about to try. They live in Russia, but they announced these indictments for two political reasons. One. President Trump is over heading to meet President Putin, and they're trying to put pressure on him, embarrass him. In fact, Dianne Feinstein said he should just come home. He shouldn't even meet with Putin. But the second and just insidious ugliness of the DOJ getting this Russian indictment is it will continue to allow every single witness testifying in Congress, every single witness to say, What struck said over and over, I'm sorry, I can't answer the question that relates to a pending investigation. I'm sorry, we have, due to uh, regulations and supervision, or the supervisors, the Department of Justice, I can't answer you. They set up themselves to continue obfuscating and and blocking Congress from getting answers. Last point in the last five seconds is apparently the House consortiums are preparing impeachment charges against Rosenstein. We'll talk about that when we come back. Come right back. Hi, this is Debbie Georgiatis. If you are listening to America Can We Talk, you know that my show is dedicated to preserving the exceptional idea that is America. I want to take a minute to tell you what I mean by that. Unlike almost every other country on the planet, America's culture, our very identity, has nothing at all to do with ethnicity, race, or national origin. Instead, America is all about ideas, including the most basic idea that each of us, simply because we were born has the God-given right to live out our individual version of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness within the guardrails of the Constitution and our laws. Preserving this requires patriots in every American generation to grasp the importance of this truth, to recognize and fight back against the subtle and not-so-subtle relentless attacks on American liberty, and to speak up for and defend the unique culture of American-style liberty. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. 
Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Can we talk one more thing on this whole thing that's going on in Washington with Rosenstein and the FBI? Maybe two more things. You know, a lot of people on the conservative side were very happy. And you could hear all sorts of people putting up clips. Oh, Trey Gowdy got a great shot and it was really good. Louis Gohmert got a great shot and they did. Our Republicans performed well. They really did. They had, and I could read the rest of the two hours. I could read good points they made. They put evidence together. They had sharp questions. But it doesn't really help anything unless we can force a way forward to resolution. If President Trump is, you know, not wanting to force his Department of Justice and FBI to answer questions and just order them on threat of being fired if they won't do it, um, because he faces then accusations, and not just from his own Department of Justice, but from members of his own party, certainly from the Democrat media mob that lives to destroy him. So he faces that threat if he it contemplates actually going after these people and saying, I order you, you must answer. So that's, you know, he, that's a totally understandable hate to go there. But then the other avenue is Congress. They have statutory power to order answers, to demand documents, and to impeach people. And obstruction of justice, Congress can charge that. And there is actually a criminal penalty. It's like 30 days in jail at a minimum for every every attempted obstruction, which includes being charged each time a question is not answered. So they have a lot of 
power. The Congress does, but they're not using it. And, and partly it is because there is too much concern on the Republican side that if they bring even these articles of impeachment that apparently Mark Meadows is con- uh, Congressman Mark Meadows, who's uh, also one of the leaders of the uh, Freedom Caucus. He's talking about bringing articles of impeachment against Rod Rosenstein this Monday, the, go- the guy who's calling the shots at the attorney general's office because Jeff Sessions unwisely recused himself. But the Rod Rosenstein impeachment utterly deserved, clearly deserved they're not sure on the Republican side if they can get enough votes from elected Republicans to vote for this. And it's an embarrassing vote if Rosenstein is called up on impeachment charges by the Republicans and they can't get the votes out of their own side. And that is actually a serious concern. And this is where I think, you know, because and I think a lot of people are thinking, well, let's play it out and see. Let's get through the fall elections. Let's not do anything really controversial. It could hurt ourselves. I'm telling you, the American people, the ones who will show up at midterm elections, are chomping at the bit to see Republicans stand up. They're chomping at the bit to see these elected members of Congress, these guys who actually have the power to force the DOJ and FBI to come clean. They want it to happen. I don't, the the voters do. The GOP will not be hurt by bringing impeachment charges. They will not be hurt by locking these jokers up until they cooperate with this investigation. They will be hurt continuing to look spineless. That will hurt them with their own voters. Who cares what the Democrat voters think? They're not going to show up in the midterms and vote Republican anyway. And the longer the Democrats are just spinning, running circles around the Republicans, you know, inter- interfering with their investigation and making ridiculous point of order and, and objecting, objecting, they look like fighters to their base, fighters protecting Hillary, fighters protecting Obama's DOJ, FBI. And the Republicans look like we don't have the backbone to fight. And you know what? Trump is one because he had the backbone to say the hard things. It's time for Republicans to do that, too. Okay, I could go on this for the rest of the time, but I'm not going to do that because I want to turn to another huge story, which is, of course, the president's nomination of um, a justice to replace Justice Scalia on the Supreme Court. And this justice's name is Brett Kavanaugh. No, I'm sorry, to to replace Anthony Kennedy in the Supreme Court. And this justice, um, Brett Kavanaugh, Okay, this guy is like practically a, a Boy Scout. In fact, I think he might be a Boy Scout. And the left is out of their minds, out of their minds, thinking that we may actually create a more solid conservative majority on the Supreme Court. So to start with, I want to play the Hillary Clinton clip. Hillary Clinton gave a speech in which she's taking the, you know, trying to sound just like the sky is falling. We can't let the duly elected president nominate a member of the Supreme Court uh, and have the duly elected members of the Senate have this vote. Here's Hillary Clinton. This is clip two. It is a blatant attempt by this administration to shift the balance of the court for decades. You know, I used to worry that they wanted to turn the clock back to the 1950s. Now I worry they want to turn it back to the 1850s. 
Okay. There, a, a, a more evil woman has never lived. I'm telling you, a more evil woman has never lived. Uh, respond to what she said. And then I'll tell you, too, they've just, of course, the left and all these crazies have been just digging and digging to find some uh, dirt on Kavanaugh. I want to tell you some of the dirt they found and then tell you the answer is. But what she said, beyond idiotic, except she's able to stir up the ignorant Democrat voting base, at least some portion of them. A blatant attempt to shift the balance in the court. What is she saying? She's saying so if the we if she were president, she shouldn't get to nominate someone to replace Anthony Kennedy if he's so retired, because that would shift the balance of court. I mean, can you imagine if she were president, entertain anyone in America entertain the idea that she didn't get to nominate a a. Uh, person to to replace a a resigning retiring justice i mean she would get to if she were present is the most idiotic argument it's one of the spoils of winning the presidential election it's one of the reasons that president trump won the president presidential election because he promised to give us a conservative court she's acting like this is just the most nefarious outrageous thing that president trump is going to nominate a conservative what else would he do number two this left-wing Democrat Hillary Clinton dog whistle language where she says, I used to worry they wanted to take us back to the 1950s and now I think it's 1850s. The dog whistle, this is accusing Republicans of racism. I'm telling you, it's, I'm, I'm so sick of it. I'm angry about it. But I'll tell you something else. I, I mean, you'll hear it in the next segment. I have a great new walk away clip to play but america is waking up to the left-wing tactic of simply arguing that everything the democrats don't want to happen their tactic their accusation their slur is whatever the republicans want is because of racism i mean they're just endlessly and endlessly trying to make the racism argument and i think they've just made it one too many times I mean, there will be ignorant people stirred up by Hillary Clinton's idiocy, but America's waking up, and this lie is not going to fly. But I want to hit two other things uh, on the Kavanaugh nomination. Um, number one, they had people, of course, digging in. The Washington Post dig in, d- dug in, tried to find bad stuff about Kavanaugh, of course, you know, because they are a neutral journalistic source and they really want to just present both sides. No, they don't. They, they dove in trying to find something bad about Kavanaugh. Two exposés about him. One... He drinks Budweiser sometimes, like beer, at a local pub with his friends. Oh, my gosh. You know, call the troops. Second, the other astonishing thing they uncovered, the Washington Post, is he uses a credit card to buy season tickets to baseball games for his hometown baseball team. I mean, the guy's obviously, you know, a lunatic. I mean, these <laughs> they have nothing. These things they're uncovering are just nothing. But they're trying to make these kind of things. Well, he ran up a credit card bill, you know, buying baseball tickets. Okay. As far as I'm aware, it's legal to buy baseball tickets and use a credit card and to like your hometown team. Fact probably makes both those things probably like people, make people like him even more. And, um, Nayral, um, they came up with a tweet mocking his name, calling him a frat boy. They couldn't think of anything else, the, the abortion activist things. But the other most serious, two other really serious things on Kavanaugh I want to get out because, guys, this is going to be a fight. I hope that Trump can get Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court by October 30th. But two other things to quickly tell you. The Democrats are trying to make the argument. In fact, that Cory Booker guy, Democrat from New Jersey, is trying to make the argument that 
Trump shouldn't get to make an appointment to the Supreme Court until all of this Mueller investigation about Russia is over. First of all, and the Democrat playbook here, the investigation will never be over. You have to understand, the Democrats are going to drag this out for four years and longer. So it's never going to be over. Number two, understand that when Bill Clinton was president, while the Whitewater Development Resolution Trust Madison Guarantee was heavily under investigation, during that investigation, Clinton nominated Ruth Bader Ginsburg and she was confirmed and while it was still going on, um, the uh, Robert Fisk was in- investigating Whitewater transactions. Bill Clinton nominated, uh, what's his name, Stephen Breyer, who was then confirmed. So somehow this rule that the president shouldn't get to make a nomination until an investigation is over didn't apply. There is no such rule. This is the Democrats grasping at straws. And the last thing, and I'll finish this, I'll flesh this out for you and come back from the break, but... Rod Rosenstein has hired, is trying to hire a hundred lawyers to vet Kavanaugh. Unprecedented. And if you're listening on Facebook Live, come back. Four minute break. We'll be back in four. Come right back. Come right back, folks. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldiers deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. 
visit armyscholarshipfoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dream. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit armyscholarshipfoundation.org and get involved today. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. Can you hear us now? Can you hear and welcome back to America Can We Talk? Don't you just love our music? I love our music. I love the spirit of it. You know, it was just a, um, the Krista Branch is a singer. Her husband is the songwriter and a lyrics writer and, uh, I mean, music and lyrics. And it is just really a powerful, you know, this is what I, I, I do this show, America Can We Talk, because I'm inspired to inspire other people to feel on fire about America, to feel like it's our privilege, our job, our responsibility, and, and great privilege to defend America and to and to be involved in the issues that are shaping America's future. So when I touch on issues in the show, I, I always talk about politics and, you know, all sorts of the current issues, but it's always with the idea that America is the most extraordinary country on the planet in America, in world history. And so our job is to protect it. As long as I'm sidetracked from, I'm going to get back to Rosenstein in one second, but I do want to give just take just a moment to say thank you to the sponsor of our show. My radio show, America Can We Talk, is sponsored by GC Works, which is a Dallas-based company that performs research in advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. Could not do the show without them. So very, very grateful for them. Okay, so back to Rosenstein. One more thing I wanted to say. Um, he, on Friday, issued what was characterized by a... a um, uh, uh, someone in the know um, was a um, in the Washington Examiner. They quoted this, but he issued Rod Rosenstein the act. He's a deputy attorney general because Jeff Sessions, who should be fired as the attorney general, who's doing absolutely nothing. But anyway, Rod Rosenstein, in responding to the Kavanaugh nomination to the Supreme Court, Rosenstein issued a uh, request of uh, it, it characterized uh, even um, by the New York Times you know, who never criticized anything Democrat, as an unusual request, Rosenstein sent an email to the nation's 93 U.S. attorneys asking they submit several federal prosecutors, several federal prosecutors, to help vet President Trump's Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh. Um, and actually, in the email, Rosenstein estimated they would need at least 100 full-time lawmakers working on the Kavanaugh vetting process. Okay, it's because America 
has lost faith in the in the fairness and the lack of bias in the Department of Justice and the FBI that this is extremely troublesome. Yes, they always have to vet Supreme Court nominees. It is not an unusual thing. Yes, it occurs. This is a huge, or if I were Trump, huge number of prosecutors being called in from around the country. This is, it just has the feeling of the beginning of a witch hunt. Now, I got to tell you, no one's led a perfect life. And anyone listening to this show or whoever listens to this video, if you think of everyone you know and somebody could investigate every single last detail of your life, they might come up with an unsavory thing or two you said or did. So this is the effort to get Kavanaugh vetted before he is, and to be fair, when uh, Supreme Court or any federal court justice is confirmed, it's a lifetime confirmation. I mean, subject to being removed by the Congress or by, uh, you know, prosecution of some kind, they're there for life. So they have to be careful, have to be thorough. Still, this has a creepy witch hunt feel, and this is part of what happens when you, as Rosenstein has, engaged in, over time, the just just completely biased conducting of overseeing the Mueller investigation of letting Mueller go hog wild into every single topic you can ever think of and never coming clean to say Mueller. Actually, Rosenstein did say, I meant to say in fairness to Rosenstein, one thing, when this indictment came out about the Russians who they were indicted for hacking in the DNC server, he did say no Americans involved. So that excludes Trump, clearly. No Americans involved. And no impact on the 2016 election. So we're talking about now Mueller going after people who did things they shouldn't have. I'm not saying they were good things, but they have nothing to do with the entire political purpose of this prosecution. Rosenstein's been on the, in the middle of this all. This is why the, Mark Meadows and other colleagues of his in the GOP side in Congress are looking at a uh, it, looking at possible um, prosecution of him, impeachment of him, because he will not cooperate with a duly authorized by federal law, permitted by the Constitution, investigation by the House and Senate into what the heck happened, heck happened inside the FBI. Okay, I want to change subjects. Last week, I talked to you um, about the walkaway movement. It is just a breath of fresh air. No Republican, no you know spokesperson, no messaging Republican on the conservative side has anything to do with it. This is just a beautiful thing because it is what it is happening is former Democrats around the country are coming to the recognition of many, many problems within the Democrat Party, and simply they're announcing they're going to walk away. The great, uh, the guy who kind of kicked it all off, walk away, I played his whole long video last week. Right now I want to play one. There was another one, We just this is clip, uh, yeah, clip one for Greg. This is uh, the walk away of this week. You will love this. This is a young, by the way, I, I watched it on, on YouTube. This is a young black man. He's not famous. He's not, you know, anyone you've ever heard of. He's actually at a swimming pool, you know, keeping an eye on his kid who's swimming in the pool and made this video to say why he's walking away. Clip one. I wanted to make this video just to tell a quick, I guess, summary why I make the bold statement to say that the Democratic Party hate black people. And this is something that it took a while for me to realize, a while for me to understand. It took a little bit uh, to chew on, kind of like a piece of steak 
it take steak is very difficult to chew and digest. Um, but it was a piece of steak for me to, to chew and digest the fact that the Democratic Party historically has hated black people. Let's let's keep moving to more contemporary history. I mean, we can look at Barack Obama. What did he do for black people? Nothing. He did nothing. We we, we can look at the, the the rhetoric that's pushed about anti-police rhetoric that was promoted by Barack Obama. What did that do for the black community? Nothing. See, they're not trying to tell young brothers to follow the law. They're not trying to tell young brothers how to do, how to best behave themselves and put themselves at a, at a at a at a proper position when dealing with law enforcement, which could avoid 95 to 98 percent of them getting killed. They don't tell you to sign up for the police department and monitor your own communities. They're not telling you that. They're telling you to resist, which then makes you more volatile towards police, which then causes more interactions or more negative interactions with police. The residual effect of what Barack Obama did as re in related to relation to police made matters worse. Um, not only for police, not only for black police officers, but for police officers in general. And what do you see happen when you ridicule and you and you demonize police? Where they stop patrolling communities where they're going to get fired for just looking at somebody wrong. They're, they're not going to get they're, they're, they're going to get fired if they make an illegal arrest and somebody just decides to resist arrest. So they quit patrolling in the communities. And what do you do? The, the, the crime rate spikes. Then you move, you move to, you, we, we could talk about even right now. What are the Democrats doing? They're picking illegal immigrants over black people. Again, they don't need your vote. You can't do nothing for them. So they don't care about your families. They don't care about you being separated. They want the next voting block. And the next voting block is illegal immigrants. They don't even, to be honest, they don't even care about legal immigrants. They only care about illegal immigrants. Do your research. What are they doing? What did you see? What is what's the propaganda on TV? They, they literally, politicians are crying in the street, making a big deal about reuniting families. And see, they're using, they using illegals too. And if you're a legal immigrant and you're watching this, you need to beware because you're next. What are they going to do to you next? They're going to use you until you vote for them, and then they're going to throw you away. Okay, that was just a short segment. I had to cut it down. I think it was like... 15 or 18 minutes long on YouTube. It's a great, I urge you to see the whole thing. In fact, if you go to our website, americacommingtalk.org, there's a link up to it. And I'll put it on Facebook too for Facebook listeners. And by the way, if you're listening on Facebook, we always cut out the show on commercials. We always come back. This is goes 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. So when I go away, I come back in four minutes or top of there, eight minutes. But this walk away movement is so powerful and so profound because it's people coming to the recognition themselves. This guy made some fabulous points that there is no answer to. There is no answer other than he's right. Among the think clips I didn't or portions I didn't play, he talked about he finally realized that the KKK was done by the Democrat Party. He finally realized that Jim Crow laws were done by the Democrat Party. He realized so much of what the Democrats have pushed have hurt black Americans. And then hitting on this issue now where the Democrats are just out of their minds trying to get every legal immigrant into this country and somehow legalize them. He's seeing exactly what many conservatives have been saying, which is this is just a Democrat Party voter drive. The way the Democrats treat the illegal immigration situation, the border situation, it's all about 
getting people to come to America to make them into future Democrat voters. Okay, so there's there was a couple of the great walkaway stories. I can't tell them all, but I'll tell you something else that's interesting, this walkaway thing. I mentioned several times, uh, Candace Owens has been really uh, remarkable in inspiring young black Americans, not young, but pe- people of every age, black Americans, to think about, you know, why do I just knee-jerk vote Democrat? Why don't I think for myself why should I be told at, because of the color of my skin I have to vote Democrat? And why shouldn't I get to think for myself? She's been really, really inspiring on that. Well, another thing that has, has happened, so there have been many walkaway stories along those lines. I want to share something else that came out. This is just more bad news for the Democrat Party trying to say that they are the ones that they should be voted for because they should be supported by black Americans because they, after all, um, are the uh, party that cares about black Americans and everybody else hates them and the country's full of racism. And honestly, there's great news about black Americans uh, in this country, statistical news. Uh, Essentially, let me start with this one. Black men are succeeding in America. There's new data out Despite the effort of race baiters to argue about everything is so bad in this country, the truth is that uh, the share of black men in poverty has fallen from 41% in 1960 to 18% today. More importantly, the share of black men in the middle or upper class, as measured by family income, has risen from 38% in 1960 to 57% today. There's all sorts of great economic data showing that America works, that America is encouraging of and making available to every American, regardless of your skin color, the opportunity to succeed and dream and achieve in the American dream. This new data goes on and on about how black Americans are doing better and better in this country. More bad news for Democrats whose only MO talking to black Americans is you must be a victim. Okay, I'm Debbie George Jass. I got to go take a break. If you're on Facebook, come back after the break. Be right back.